The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. So MEPs, senators and TDs meet in tip for the Fianna Fáil uh, thinking. Sean Defoe, News Talk's political correspondent, is monitoring everything that's going on there. Sean, good morning. Morning, Pat. Um, upstaged by the farmers. Absolutely, yeah, and they were protesting all through the night as well. The IFA obviously here from pretty early yesterday morning and had some fairly testy exchanges with Charlie McConnell. It must be said when he came out, they basically said, we don't want to meet you. We don't want to talk to you. We've enough talking to you uh, and uh, only sort of got on board with, with meeting when the Tornish to Michal Martin came out yesterday. They ended up having an hour and a half long meeting. Now, I spoke to Tim Cullinan of the IFA after that. He said he wasn't necessarily very confident anything massive is going to change and that they were going to keep their protest up overnight. They did that. They set up a little fire outside in the car park here and there were, were some of the members of the IFA sleeping in the in the bar into the late hours. They're still outside this morning protesting and intend to carry that on then mm. again to the Fine Gael meeting later on in the week. Yeah, now this is all about uh, nitrates and, uh, you know, they're trying to stop the amount of nitrates going into groundwater and polluting the place and so on. Uh, and they're still being allowed to use nitrates, but not just as much. Uh, and what they want to do is go back to the EU and say, give us Irish farmers a continued derogation that you're not given to anyone else. Uh, pretty much. Uh, like we have a derogation for uh, for the, the 250 der- derogation versus 170 in the, the, the rest of Europe. Uh, and basically they, what the IFA is saying, well, look, you, you need to go back. This is going to mean a reduction in herd sizes. Some of the farmers that I'm talking to are calling it a, a cull of the national herd by stealth, sort of by the back door is how they're viewing it. And that basically for those farmers, particularly smaller farmers who might be on the edge financially or who are just about turning a profit but not turning a huge profit, that over time this will uh, impact them and basically force them out of business or make it unviable for their children, for example, to take over the farm, as well as delays to, to, to farm payments because of the change or structure of those, which makes it difficult for them. But as, you know, quite a few people in Fianna Fáil are saying, while they do have some sympathy, look, the, the derogation is much higher than what a lot of the rest of Europe is getting. And indeed, in, in countries like France, where, where they have very militant farm uh, farming organisations as well, they weren't able to keep their derogation and they've gone back to that 170 yeah. level. So it's, uh, it might it's be better. They might be better keeping quiet. They might be down to 170 before they they know it. Uh, Anyway, Sinn Féin also high on Micheál Martin's uh, agenda. Not that he wanted necessarily to be talking about them, but he ended up so doing. Yeah, he did. It was sort of a strange one yesterday where the, the Fianna Fáil meeting was all about Sinn Féin and particularly in, in his opening doorstep, it was about 20 minutes long, but pretty much most of it was either about farmers or about Sinn Féin and the possibility of coalition. And this is obviously being raised because of the, the Boundary Commission that was there a couple of weeks ago and everyone looking at the numbers of the next election now that this might be the final the final full doll term, at least, before we could have that election towards the end of, of next year. So it's the question everyone lips. A lot of people here uh, at the Fianna Fáil think and are, are, are talking about about it. I'll maybe bring you some of those opinions in a second, but first let's just hear what Michal Martin said, because it was just put to him. So, look, you ruled out Sinn Féin at the last election, same way you ruled out Fine Gael at the last election, by the way, for a coalition, but look, that's a whole other matter. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it was put to him, uh, would you do a deal with him? And what he basically said was, there are a whole bunch of reasons why, but didn't fully rule it out. Here's what he said. We believe there's huge incompatibility with Sinn Féin on a range of policies. Most important one being, in my view, the enterprise uh, model of mm. our economy, which I believe Sinn Féin would undermine. I think they would, if if any headwinds came at all uh, economically, Sinn Féin would reach for the tax weapon as the way out of a crisis uh, economically. So I think there, 
the anti-enterprise and have consistently been, particularly in terms of small to medium-sized companies, and anti the <coughs> entrepreneurial culture that has been central to the economic development of this country over decades. In addition to that, they've been anti-European. Um, okay. And they, if you look at their performance at the European Parliament, uh, consistently anti uh, and even if you think matters agricultural and so on, in terms of the various measures that were taken at European level, uh, they've been quite negative. So, uh, so anti-enterprise, anti-EU, um, and also in terms of the climate agenda, uh, I think they've been particularly um, two-faced on that and lacking any uh, commitment, in re- genuine commitment in relation to it. And he went on to say that uh, Sinn Féin would not be the first choice, which I thought was a, a, a telling remark. Not the first choice, maybe the inevitable choice. You know, also had a go at media for kind of bigging up Sinn Féin. Cheerleaders is what he called us, uh, I believe was the exact quote, for cheerleading Sinn Féin and sort of saying that it was a fait accompli that Sinn Féin was going to win the next election and be in the position of Paris. Somewhat willfully misunderstanding the question, I thought, because the whole point of the question was that the predictions are that Sinn Féin won't have enough support to uh, outright, you know, be in power on their own. And while they might have the most seats, they're still going to need to coalesce with someone. And that's someone uh, definitely isn't going to be Fine Gael because, you know, you've had the likes of the Taoiseach, uh, the Overanker, saying that he'd leave the party if it was. And so that leaves the door open to Sinn Féin and at no point and he's been asked several times over the last few days through various interviews to, to rule out would he rule it out and, and he sort of hasn't maybe learning the lessons from last time out when he ruled out Fine Gael and then eventually sort of did the business with them but interestingly like talking to some people last night around the Fianna Fáil parliamentary party and kind of canvassing the opinion there, there's quite a bit of pushback on the idea of doing a coalition with Sinn Féin and no one's ruling it out because the numbers will be the numbers whatever they end up being and you may have to just hold the nose and do it but th- there's a lot lot more of a pushback, particularly policy-wise, than there would be with Fine Gael because they're they're yeah. they're pretty similar. But as yeah, the tarnished outline there, and, and interestingly. You know, I was kind of wondering what the mood would be like here. Obviously, Fianna Fáil haven't been doing fantastic in the polls. We're coming into a new Dáil term and all the talk has been Sinn Féin, Sinn Féin, Sinn Féin. But they're all actually very, very chipper. And there's a lot of people in Fianna Fáil wondering, you know, how are Sinn Féin going into an election cycle that, you know, whatever could happen in the three weeks can happen as they learned to their detriment. Fianna Fáil learned to their detriment last time. I wonder how will that pressure sit on of being the favourites and, and maybe will it hamper them a bit more? So they're looking for, for optimism rather than, uh, than uh, dwelling in pessimism. Now, uh, there was a, a song years ago uh, recorded by the late Harry Belafonte. There's a hole in the bucket, dear Liza, dear Liza. <laughs> and no matter how much water you put into the bucket, <laughs> it's still emptied out. And you could say there's a hole in the budget of the HSE, dear Liza, because there's a hole. Yes, there is, and a very, very big hole. We learned the the state of it yesterday evening from Stephen Donnelly, and the budget, of course, has been the other big talking point here at the moment. Michael McGrath has given a press conference. I just popped out of that briefly uh, to, to, to take the chat with you. Uh, some of the interesting bits he said that the, the economy isn't invulnerable, that we're seeing turndowns across the world, not as much in Ireland, but we could be very open to a shock that he is expecting reduced corporation tax receipts to start coming in, and sort of signaled he's been quite coy about what's going to be in the budget. We know USC is something that they're definitely looking at. I asked him about the energy credits. Would we be getting more of those? And he said there hasn't been any final decision, but certainly suggested that they, it, there will be something, but it will be less than what was there last year and that they will be taking into account that a number of the energy pri- companies in the last few weeks have cut their prices, which maybe makes it less of a pressing demand. He also said, could, we were asking, look, is that package going to be bigger or smaller than last year? And the indication is it will be smaller. Part of that is budget overruns in some other departments and health is certainly the biggest of those. We spoke to Stephen Donnelly last night and he really he revealed just how bad uh, the whole in the health budget is. 
the end of July, we're looking at an overrun uh, in the region of about 600 million euro. Um, there are two things driving that overrun. The first is uh, a set of measures and a set of areas <coughs> where the HSE is spending money it should not be spending. Uh, that includes hiring into unfunded posts, it includes a level of uh, agency, it includes a level of overtime uh, that the HSC is not provisioned for. And Bernard Gloucester, Robert Watt and myself are working very, very closely with officials um, to implement measures to drive that down. So for example, Bernard Gloucester implemented some time ago a hiring freeze on management and admin grades. They, they have uh, targets in place in terms of agency uh, and overtime and so forth. That's the first driver. The second driver of the overrun, which is signif significantly more than the first one, is simple uh, price and volume levels that were not provisioned for. So the number of patients presenting is higher than was anticipated this time last year. We're seeing it in Ireland, we're seeing it right across Europe, we're seeing a, post a very significant post-COVID surge, uh, and we're seeing healthcare inflation higher than was provisioned for as well. So. Part of this is within the control of the HSE, and that's the bit they're working very hard on. Part of it is not in control of the HSE. It, it, it's demographics, it's post-COVID, it's patient volumes, and it's prices of medicines and, and prices, you know, wage increases and so forth. And that's Health Minister Stephen Donnelly talking to our political correspondent, Sean Defoe, who's gone back into that press conference with Michael McGrath. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.